Alrighty, so uh, we are back after a bit of a delayed uh, well, last couple of weeks. We had a few things going on on the weekend. So here we are, episode 26 of Racing News. Kyle is back, which he's just told me he's now Kyle, the track runner. So uh, yep. fully fledged track runner now. How's it going, Kyle? Give us a bit of a bit of an intro. So it's been three weeks, hasn't it? So uh, what's been it happening? Been three weeks. Give, yeah. a, give us an overview of your uh, favourite sessions and things that you've been up to. Yeah, well, like you said, I've actually started jumping on the track once a week, and I've never done track sessions. Uh, I think I've done one actual workout on a track before, and I've raced on the track a couple of times, yep. but that's it. So I thought, okay, something a little bit different, mix it up, we'll go jump on the track. So Luke Kilborn and myself have been heading to Griffith every Thursday morning the last couple of weeks to do a little bit of a of a session. So last week we actually did two uh four by one k and then we did five four hundreds on the track yep which was okay it sounded all these track sessions sound really easy on paper until you get about a third of the way through and then you realize how hard it is but that was good it was nice to actually run fast on the track and we had a little bit of a competition towards the end because this was the same morning that joshua chepter guy ran his 10 kilometer world record oh, yeah. 10 thousand meter world record on the track and we knew roughly this was what pace he was going to try and hold which was around 63 seconds a lap so we did four of the five 400s and then thought, okay, we're going to take a little bit of a minute extra rest here and we'll go a little bit harder on this last 400 and see what we can run for the last 400. And I ran that last 400 in 63 seconds and it felt like I was absolutely sprinting and we finished and just went, oh, he ran 25 laps at that exact same pace. It was just incredible. So that was a cool little moment to run that one lap and then sit down and watch him run 25 laps in the car park at Griffith. Now- Straight afterwards. Um, so I'm interested to know in your track sessions, when you're doing your 400 reps, do you start them, you know, in the traditional starting place where you run a bend first or are you starting them at the end of a bend so you finish on a bend? Where, where, where's your start? No, traditional start, as you would normally start a 400, so right over near the normal finish line of where you would run 100 metres. So it started with a bend, finished with the straight. So it was all, all good with that. Took our recoveries, kind of walk jogging, in between those, back to that same start line. So no, we did it all proper and official. Yeah, yeah. you take um, it, which was. Quite are fun. you guys take it in turns when you're doing reps? So if is, is there four of them? You lead one, follow one, lead one, follow one. You doing it like that? Yeah, yeah. We we did that for the for the K reps. We worked it so that Luke could lead the first four hundred of the reps, and then I'd jump around and lead the second half of the of the one K reps. Sorry, and then for the four hundreds, we took it in yep. turns two each, and then had a bit of a fast one on the last one, um, and then. This week, just gone, we went back to the track again. And initially the plan was we were going to do 1K, 800, 600, 400, 200, and then repeat that <laughs> twice. And we did the warm-up jog, and then Luke was like, oh, maybe we should just do it as two by 1K and just work our way down, do two reps of each one. So, okay. So we changed it last minute to do two by 1K, two 800s, two 600s, two 400s, and two 200s, which, again, we stood, stood there at the start going, this won't be too bad. We'll get the 1Ks done. We'll get the 800s done. And then it's only four, six, you know, 600, 400 metres. That'll be easy. And I kind of got through the second 1K and just went, oh, this feels yeah. terrible. And I actually, the week before, we both had our next percent on. And this week I was like, I want to try a pair of different shoes. So I actually took the old Zoom Streaks down and ran, which was crazy in that that used to be like the marathon shoe before all these, you know, super shoes have come out in the last few years. And the difference was was crazy. So I ran all the reps in the Zoom streaks. So I don't know if anyone else listening has a pair of Zoom streaks. They're still bringing out new ones, but they're quite a low profile, almost racing flat um, that were made for for road running. And I wanted to see what they felt like on the track compared to the next percent. And I reckon for the 
1K and the 800 reps, they didn't feel as good as the as the next percent. I think the next percent just give you that extra bit of recovery. It didn't feel as – it felt a lot harder on my legs. I could still run the same pace, but it just felt harder to run that pace. But then once I got down to kind of the 400s and 200s, the flatter, lighter shoes felt yeah. incredible. Um, and I reckon it was around that 600 mark where I started to go, oh, these shoes are actually probably a little bit better than being in the next percent ones. And once we got down to the fast reps, um, it felt much better to have a light, flat, fast shoe on my foot versus the next percent. So that was interesting to do that as a little Do you think test. that's a change in, run- in running technique when you're doing the six and the four and the two? Is Are you slightly more higher or are you up more on your toes? Like what, what do you think that comes down to? Not necessarily. I think it's just my cadence goes quite high. And I think just running in the next percent, there's so much cushion there that you just don't, you don't, I suppose in the next percent, your ground contact time, I find for me, is just a little bit higher. So it takes longer to get back mm. off the ground. Whereas when I'm in those low-profile racing flats, you're on and off the ground really quickly. There's no really any give. You can, you kind of feel like you're getting that full response back off the track. Whereas the next percent, as they probably should for a marathon shoe, they cushion you a little bit more. So you don't feel like you get that real fast springiness that you do in a, in a racing flat. Um, and when you're trying to run fast, I found that I could just get a better leg turnover in the in the flat, which was interesting. Well, not that it's unexpected, but it was interesting to test that out over different distances. Yeah. And how's your recovery going? Because track sessions, because, I mean, it's not like doing one reps. And if you go to Coomer Bar and do 1K reps, you're running one kilometre in a straight line. But here, half of what you're doing is is putting weight on an inside, you know, your inside leg, your left leg. So are you, are you, are you feeling any different post-session? Um, I'm definitely, I can feel that I'm just, my calves are working a little bit harder. Muscles are definitely working a little bit harder. Quads are a little bit sore. Um, but I haven't been running huge volume as well. So I've really been taking all my other runs for the week quite easy. Um, I've kind of been making sure I get two sessions in where I'm running quite hard. I'm still getting a decent long run in and everything else. I'm just jogging quite easy and I'm taking days off here and there. So purely because I know that this is the riskier thing for me, like I've always run quite high volume relatively compared to some people obviously run a lot more but and I've always got you know away relatively injury free with that versus when I start to run fast all the time um, I know that that's a really high risk time for me so I've got to be a little bit more careful to start with and because I've never done this type of speed stuff consistently it's a little bit I'm kind of erring on the side of caution at the moment just because I know how high load those sessions are especially on the track so I'm enjoying it at the moment, but being a little bit cautious at the same time. And um, have you noticed there's a difference running the bend as opposed to running the straight? Because they talk in track in track running about whether you're a good bend runner or not. Like, have you noticed a difference in speed? Like, have you looked at your Strava and looked at had the speed around the bend and compared to the straights? I think I te- I like running around the bends. I tend I think for me yeah. the first fifty meters of the bend. And then the first fifty meters coming out of the bend seem to be the bits I enjoy the most, especially on those real fast reps. Um, especially when we did the two 200s at the end of the last session. I haven't done 200s. Yeah, good fun, aren't they? Ever, ever. <laughs> so we we really kind of had a good rest in between. We said we really want to have a good crack at, at these ones as well. And we actually ran them reasonably. Well, for me, it was very quick. I was very happy with it. So yeah. we had a bit of fun, but it was even in that last one, we took a little bit of extra rest again and almost had a little bit of a 200-meter race. So we came around the final part of the bend and Luke came right up on my shoulder and then kind of moved out to the outside of lane one and tried to kick past me and then I had to kick to hold him off. So we had a good little 200-meter yeah. sprint at the end of that session, which was which was a bit so, of fun. So what's the thinking behind it? Because you could go and do your, your speed work anywhere like you've done in the past. So why are you at the track now as opposed to you know going to Main Beach or going to Oxenford Lake or something? What's the thinking? I think the thing for me is... I'm really excited to get on the track at the moment. Like motivation-wise, I get up and I'm going, yeah, I'm going to the track. I'm going to run fast. And I get to the track and I'm ready to go. Versus sometimes I find when I'm just going to the same locations that I run every day, 
I kind of just get into my normal easy run mode. And I find that when I'm on the track, I just tend to want to run faster versus if I'm just jogging down a footpath along Main Beach or something, you feel like you're running a lot faster than you are when you're on the road and running on footpaths and things versus on the yeah. track, you can you can kind of run a lot quicker. So, And it's also a lot easier to just pace yourself better and actually get accurate distances because if you're running around paths and things, the GPS is never spot on. So it's been nice to actually get on an actual proper track that's measured yep. so we can get some official distances, times, and know exactly what shape you're in. So for yeah. now, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Exactly. Exactly. All righty. That's, uh, that's a good week, Kyle. What's going on next door at your place? I know. Someone's just doing some. Have you got a builder? Is there someone building something? Is it you? Is it, is it something? It should, it should be me. I should be doing something. But no, it's I think we're okay. We'll see how we go. Oh, there he goes again. <laughs> Uh, maybe I might have. Oh, come on! It's a Sunday afternoon, mate. This is what this is what happens, isn't it? While we're talking running, other people are building stuff. Goodness me, that's all right. I think we're okay. I don't want to be too loud. <laughs> I think we're in the clear. I'm hearing some nails. I'm hearing nails getting back and stuff. Oh, well. we're good for now. Beauty, but no, it was a good week. It was been a good week. I haven't been running huge Ks, but I'm getting in some consistent running, some consistent speed. Yeah, um, and I think we're potentially in talks. Obviously, we've got the 25k relay, which is still what, seven weeks away, yep. or something like around that. We've still got a little while. Um, we've kind of talked about potentially doing like a 1500 3k time trial one of these Thursday mornings, even to go down and and have a little time oh, trial hit out just for a bit of fun. So yeah, there might be some fun little little competition races we have with each other over the next few weeks that's great all righty so there, there's been some big uh some big races hasn't there in the last three weeks so we're going to go through um some of the big trail races i think they're pretty much all trail races a couple of roadies in there but uh we're going to go through Blackall. we'll go through up the buff uh brisbane trail ultra we'll talk about Stephen wright who we mentioned in the last podcast um the world half marathon championships were on last night and uh currently big's uh backyard the global ultra is happening right now but Black Hole 100 was yesterday. We'll start with that one. I know it's the one that's only just happened, but um, I see today social media is just flooding with photos and uh, and metal shots and everything like that. So it's been great to see people. I don't know, just the massive event, just to see a massive event. It's pretty It's pretty our biggest and most glamorous one, I guess. Maybe Brisbane Trail Ultra will get bigger, but I'd probably say Black Hole probably still has it in terms of you know, history and location and pedigree and stuff like that. I could, could be it's just got that big race vibe yeah. to it. I think everyone, you know, and everyone gets to travel to it versus a lot of the races around here. Everyone kind of lives and trains on those areas. Whereas a lot of us from the coast that don't often go up there, it's, we all travel to it. So you feel like you're traveling yeah. to a big race. So I think it's got that, that good vibe. Now to it. I've got a big question for you at the end of this, well, end of, end of black hole, because, um, yeah, we've had a new member, a new person arrive on the podium, and it's a bit of a, I don't know if it's a worry for the for the trail running scene, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So um, let's start with the the big 100, the big 100K. And yeah. uh, defending champion, Jessica Schluter, 11.31, defends her title two years in a row. Did it again. Um, so there's some great photos coming through about how close the females were in the 100K. So Jess won in 11 hours, 31. Celia Mathis, 11.45. Um, I th- I've got in my head. Does Cecilia do the fifty last year? I can't remember. I had in my. I feel like yes, yeah, that rings a bell. I feel like she won yes. the fifty k yeah. last year. And then uh, Megan Brown, twelve hours and fifteen. So um, yeah, congratulations to Jess there. Two years in a row at Blackhall in two. What's it ended up being two vastly different conditions: the tropical thunderstorms of last year and this year the heat. So um, but I mean it is October in Queensland, so you're not gonna 
That's right. It's going to there's be only hot. two options, isn't there? It's going to be baking hot and humid, or it's going to be pouring down with rain. There's really is no, there's no other option. Um, That's and right. then the mail race. So um, third place, Robin Stead in eleven hours twenty two. But Kyle, that just gives you an idea of how well Jess ran. That you know she's only nine minutes there behind third place in the mail. So she was right up there. Um, That's right. Chris uh, Jacobson eleven hours fifteen and. Um, yeah, a new name as well. This isn't the one I was going to talk to you about. Casey Munro. Oh, no. Casey Munro, he won by 45 minutes. 10 hours, yeah, 10 hours 30. So Casey's got a background, hasn't he, in triathlon and Ironman. He um, does, yes. So 10 hours 30. So that is a massive win. Um, Comfortably. Yeah. On a tough day too. Like obviously the time is a little bit slower than what we've what we've seen in previous years. Generally sub 10, close to nine hours wins it. But from what I've heard from everyone, it was really, yeah. really hot and there was just absolute carnage out there on the weekend. So that's still a really impressive run on that course in those Absolutely. conditions. Um, and the 50, which is often your uh, your pet event, one that you like. I've only done, I've done, I haven't done the 50 at Black Hole. Oh, I've right. only done the 100. Okay. Uh, we've got some 50K times for us there. We do. So I'll start with the the ladies in the 50K. So um, third place, we had Vanessa Aldis in 5.32.57. Second place, 5.19.36 was Helen Greenfield. And Risha Lewis won in 4.56.30. So broke five hours for a trail 50K in nice hot conditions. That is incredible running. So well done to Risha on on taking the win there. there. Um, And then that that was close to breaking the women's record, but it was a slightly different course from last year. So, um, yeah. Slightly tougher, apparently, from what I saw in that post. Um, And then in the male race, now there's quite some some fast running in this race, and I know there was a couple more that went out quite quick as well. Um, But in the end, our good friend Anderson, who's been racing a lot recently, he picked up third again. Um, So he's liking third place at the moment. He was third at the Brisbane Trail Ultra 60K, which we'll get into as well, but he's been doing really well. He ran 4.38.41. And another Gold Coaster, Vincent Fletcher, took out second in 4.17.07. So another great run. Um, And first place in 4.14.23, so only two and a half minutes ahead of Vincent, was Brian Wilder. Took out the win. I think they saw in the post that Brian's 49 years old and only entered because he couldn't get a ticket into the 21. <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet Vincent's <laughs> delighted to hear that uh, that sort of comment come through, with it? But did, did you um did you get a chance to watch the interview that they did with Brian after his race? No, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I know you said you Yeah, so it. he uh he said in there that he's a in a previous running life he was when he was living in England, he was a um I guess like a a sort of elite marathon. He ran 224 marathon. Um so he comes in with phenomenal, you know, road pedigree there. Um, and yeah, as he said, just, just couldn't get, couldn't get a ticket into the 21. So jumped into the 50, but you know, for, for someone to come in with a 224 marathon, that is absolutely incredible. And, but that shows you how good Vincent's run was to get that close. You know, to That's right. It's an incredible run. Behind him is absolutely amazing. So, um, that would have been quite a race, wouldn't it? I don't know how close Vincent was for most of the race, but for only to be two minutes over 50 K, that's outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Great racing. Great racing. And then for the first time, we had a 21K as well, which we'll get into, but something a bit shorter for everyone. So I know there would have been a lot of people enjoying having that nice shorter option. I know there was a lot for that travelled up from the Gold Coast to take part in a nice, you know, weekend long run, yeah. something that can fit into everyone's training. So it's always good to see these shorter races get put on. People can get involved in these big events without having to necessarily run 50 or 100 kilometres, which was really good. Um, 
But yeah, chat to us about the results here, Tom, because there was some well, uh, some quick times. Let's go into the female. So Eden Salenbach, two hours thirty-one in third. Um, Carly Barkle, two hours twenty-eight in second. Ellie Franks, two hours thirteen uh, in first. So well done to Ellie, Carly, and Eden. Um, and then the the male. So this is the one that I want to talk to you about because. Well, actually, I mean, you look at all the males there. Casey Munro wins the 100. He's new. Brian Wilder wins the 50. He's new. And our winner of the 21, I don't know. This Well, Brian's, Brian's not too new. He was cleaning up all the short course series races at SEQ Trail Series last year. Yeah. He won most of them. So yeah. He's definitely been around for the last year at least. But, yes, yep. so um, new winner in the 21. Th- well, and, and concerningly new as well, I would say. Ben Ben Green, two hours and nine in third place. Um, I think the, the post on Facebook said that Ben was struggling for – this, with a rolled ankle or a swollen ankle for a, a, quite a big portion of that. Um, Andy Churchman in second, one hour 56. And then for a 21-kilometre race, for the winner to be 25 minutes ahead, Tim Vincent, one hour 31. Now, Tim is part of uh, Jackson Elliott's uh, run co on the Gold Coast. He's come second to Louis McAfee at the Queensland Cross Country State Championships and also uh, was third, wasn't he, in the 10,000? Is that right? Yeah, behind... Yeah. Uh, yep. Ryan Gregson and, and Louis um, a couple of months ago. So Tim is a road. Just came off the back of a 64 half marathon win at the Jetty to Jetty yep. as well, which was the weekend or two weekends before as well. So he's in red hot form. So he's a 64 minute half marathon runner. So he's got speed. So he's come into the trail running. So here's my question, Kyle, for you. What do you think is more of a threat? Are, are some And I'm talking about people here who are at the top of their game. Is it more of a threat for a road runner like Tim to come onto the trails? trail running or is it more of a threat for someone who is at the top of the trail running scene to go onto road where oh, it's way more of a threat for a road runner to come onto the trails. you think way more of a way more of you a think threat. you think they can adapt better and quicker yeah absolutely what, absolutely what's, what's you thinking i think there's no substitute for being fit and fast and in a race of that distance if you're running a 64 half marathon I don't really care how hilly it is. <laughs> the fitness that you've got to run that fast, you're not, there's no, if you're not, you like, there's not many trail runners that are going out and then jumping on the roads and running a, a 64 minute half marathon. Um, so I don't think you can compete with that speed. I think, you know, a really hilly 50K, different story, yeah. but, or 100K, obviously a very different story. But for those type of short trail races, um, yeah, it'd be very hard to beat. But we've seen it done. Obviously, the thing that springs to mind is, Ben St. Lawrence, former Australian 10,000-meter record holder, broke the record for the 21K at UTA. And then the following year, Ben Duffus went down and broke his record. So that was always an interesting one to watch. But, no, I think seeing people with that speed, seeing them come and run trail races, I love it because you get to see kind of where you sit compared to pretty much the fastest people we've got in southeast Queensland. And Tim is right up there at the moment. Him and Louie are probably the two fastest guys in southeast Queensland at the moment. So... It's exciting to see. And actually on that, because it just brings to mind, um, overseas, was it in Norway? Did, did um, Killian Jeanne just run a 10K road race, didn't he? So he said he was being a bit sick or a bit crook or whatever or had an injury or something. Yeah. Um, so he ran, well, he put it up as 29.59, didn't he? So, was that he the did. Wait to see the official results there. They may I don't know. We need the official <laughs> results, but no, I think he he posted that he you know wasn't happy with his time. Like, I'd be over the moon with the twenty nine fifty nine, but he wasn't happy with his time, and he's been running with a bit of an injury. But I saw his first kilometre was a two forty eight, so he was obviously feeling he really still wanted to go for it, but it just obviously didn't pan out for him. So I think he'll probably have another crack at something like that in the future. I don't think a person like that that 
has known so much success will leave that at a one and done with a result that he's not happy with. So but I wonder. This, I mean, this, we'll see until but you, you'd say that he's the best, you know, trail runner going around at the moment. Certainly, probably for speed wise. And you look at someone like Joshua Chapter guy. So if Joshua Chapter guy goes into I don't know a twenty k trail race or a fifteen or a ten k trail race, does Chapter guy get closer to to Killian or in the trail, or does Killian get closer to Chapter guy on the road? Like. I think Chapter Guy would be much closer to killing. So the perfect example for this is Tom Evans, who won. He's won CCC. He won the Tarawera 102k last year. He raced Chapter Guy yeah. last night at the World Half Marathon Champs. He ran for Great Britain, and he ran a 63 half yeah. marathon. So that's an, like that's a pretty easy comparison to go. He's probably on par with probably Jim Wamsley as far as as far as the fastest trail runners yeah. go at the moment. Um, I don't again, Killian. Who knows what he could do if he really focused on it? But those two guys are probably the fastest, proper. You know, who generally only run trails. Tom obviously does a bit more road, um, but they're still you know four minutes off what the yeah. fastest guys, four or five minutes off what the fastest guys in the world are running. And it, again, it's still it's it's a lot on the road, but it, four or five minutes isn't that yeah. much. In and the it trails. would be hard, wouldn't it, to find a trail that is fair and equitable? Because like you said, like Jim Wormsley on a smooth trail you know, is a very different runner to Jim Wormsley who's who's going up a serious vertical climb. Whereas, you know, Killian on a on a on a vertical climb is almost unstoppable, but, you know, might not be able to hold up with the other guys on a smoother trail. So it'd be it'd be tough to find that perfect comparison. But I think it'd be interesting to know how close they'd really get to each other. But as I said, Tim Vincent in winning that by twenty five minutes. That's interesting. I mean I, I wonder what, what his reason behind it was because like you said he had Jetty to Jetty the previous week. He's been racing track. Well, I did hear them say someone posted something that I think Tim's long-term coach was one of the directors or the event organisers for for Blackhall. So I think it might have been just to come up and run this course, get your long run done on the weekend, and he just went out and did that. So he probably he was probably just out for his long run on the weekend. He probably oh, got very nice, faster. very but nice. No, uh, okay, let's um let's go a bit more local. So uh, up the buff was, was it the weekend before. I'm a bit lost. I think it was the weekend yep. before. Now they moved it, didn't they? We we talked to Steve Jackson about the movement of the course. And Kyle, I went out yeah. there, and that I think that's a spectacular location for up the buff. I don't know. I from a spectator point of view, absolutely wonderful to watch. Incredible to watch. You get to see them come in from a long way away. The all the runners talked about how great they the course actually was, how fast it was, how quick it was. It had a sort of a cross country feel to it. Um, I think anyone's just happy to get rid of Strawberry Hill, aren't they? And those sort of climbs that are at the, on the border track. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe up the buff will move permanently to this location. Um, easy, great parking to get there. That's always been a problem at Corumbin is to get the parking and, uh, and to get in and, and, and view it properly. But here it was outstanding. So, um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful occasion. And Steve did a great job. Um, I think the 16K was closer to 15, minute, uh, 15 kilometres. Um, 15 yeah. kilometres, I think. So um, I'll kilometers. go through a couple of results here. Let's go through the uh, yeah the shorter one, the 15 kilometres first. In the female, Lizzie Bagnall, uh, yep. 118. In second place, uh, Fabian Rabaza in 116.47 seconds. And in first, Siobhan Sefton, 116.29 seconds there. So only 18 seconds between the, the leading females. Uh, and the Close way the finish actually went, you actually came in um, to this sort of grassy section, and they'd mowed the the grass quite flat, cross country style. So you would have, and you kind of snaked your way in. You sort of did a couple of sort of switchbacks. So they had a good view of each other coming into that final, I guess, kilometre. They could really sort of try and narrow the gap. 
in the men's, uh, James Turner, 108. Jake Davis, 107. Jake's just coming back from a bit of an injury recently, which is great to see Jake out there. Uh, he looked to be running very smooth uh, and very fluidly. And then they had Daryl Hill down as 107 as well, but I think that's a, that's a mistake for the time because Daryl was certainly had a, a you know fairly good lead on Jake coming in. So he I think his time would have been a couple of minutes quicker than that. I think he was 105 high, 105 yep. something on yeah. his Strava. It was, it was definitely a comprehensive victory over over the 15K. Um, uh, 25K, 25-kilometre race. Uh, have you got some times there for us, or do you want me to go through them? Oh, I've got them here. So we had um, Tomo Sakai. She ran 234.23. She was only 27 seconds behind Lisa Hughes, who was in second place. And I actually saw Tomo recently and had a chat, and she said, her and Lisa have had a few battles over the years in different races from half Ironman to other running races, and they're always really close. So, so they had a few little chat and laugh towards the end of that race because they're always really close. So that was a really good little battle for second and third. Um, but Shannon, uh, Shannon Prophet, 229.09, took out the win. So, again, about a four-minute win there in the females, which is great running, sub 230. It's just under six-minute pace on that course, which is quite hilly, which is great yeah. running. Um, and then in the the male race, there was, again, some really quick times again. Now, third place, we had Andrew Pierce in 159.34. He was only 14 seconds ahead of fourth, so he just snuck into the podium. And then good friend of ours, Luke Kilbourne, took out second. He ran 158.47, so just under a minute ahead of second. So really close running between second, third, and fourth, or within a minute of each other. Um, but Vincent Fletcher... He likes the Gold Coast trail running yep. scene. Every time he shows up to a race on the on the Gold Coast, he's always really hard to beat. He ran 146.53 to win by 12 minutes, which is just incredible running. And to go out that hard, hang on, run hard. And he Enjoy. had the biggest smile on his face I've ever seen from a runner coming into the finish line. I don't know if it was he was just delighted to to uh, to win up the buff because often he comes second quite a quite a bit um, to Tom Brimlow. They've had quite a battle over the years, but. Vincent, yeah, it's, what a what a great couple of weeks he's had. Second in the fifty uh, yesterday at Blackall and uh, and winning up the buff. That's that's some some great trophies to put on the mantelpiece. Now, um, Kyle, you said Lisa and uh, Tomiko. I've got a bit of a. You said they've got a bit of a history of a friendly rivalry going there. Have, yes. you, have you got someone in your in your uh, race history that you've just battled with time and time and time and time again? Yeah, and it, it's Ando who we run with all the time. Every time we race each other, we're always – and he always just gets me in a lot of these races. But we've had some really good battles over the years, and I like it the fact that every time we race, even though we train together all the time, we're very good mates. We never just run together. It's always, no, I want to beat him, and he wants to beat me, which is always a bit of fun. And we've had some back-and-forward battles in really short races at the SEQ Series, Coastal High, Glasshouse, all kinds of races. We always seem to be really close to each other, so – I haven't raced him for quite a while. I don't think the last time I raced him was when would have been potentially Tarawera at the start of last year, yep. year and a half, nearly two years ago since we've raced each and, other. So. And would you say he's just got know. he's got you like in a head to head? Like if you go wins for win, would he would he have you? Yeah, he'd have me. Yeah. He'd have me. He seems to always just get it's always close. I think Coastal High it was a minute and a half. He got me by in the end. I think SEQ series it was about thirty second, twenty thirty seconds. Glass house we ran together the whole way before we both got lost and then he ran away with it again. Yeah. So I think he's I don't know how many times I don't know if I've beaten him in a race. He seems to just always get me. So we'll have to we'll have to race again soon. Oh, that's great. That is unreal. Um alrighty. So um let's have a bit of a talk now. We'll go back a couple of weeks here too. And we previewed this one in our last episode, the Brisbane Trail Ultra. We said this was 
one that we were so excited for and we were looking forward particularly to the 100 mile and they had live tracking on this particular day which was great because you could follow them um you know on the internet you could see how they were going you could, i don't know how accurate it was but it seemed to be pretty accurate um and it really made for a good a good viewing at home as we were watching from home just to follow them and just to see the gaps as they would widen going into checkpoints and then they would come out and one of your predictions going into the day was about Haley Teal, what she would come in the 110. And, it, geez, it was good. It was a good prediction, Kyle. I, wish, I, wish, I know. It was, it was close. I wish Sports Bet had got odds on this because I should have taken you up on it. It nearly happened. And at one stage, I thought it was going to happen. Late in the afternoon, Haley Teal was closing on the third mail. It was, she was just reeling them in. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, by all accounts, I've, I've run with Tom Brimlow a couple of times. Um my brother's friends with Andy Day, and as you said, we've we've spoken to people like um, like Anderson, and their reports about the day was just absolute sheer brutality. The heat um, and the humidity was just something they hadn't experienced before, and you know the the, the terrain they said was very difficult going. Um, so it it sounded like an absolute cracker of a race, but one which, if you were slightly unprepared, you really would have got found out quite bad. Um, and I, after we go through these races, I, I want to get your thoughts, Kyle, on who the performance of the day was because there were some great little stories in there. Um, there were some great sort of little battles that actually happened. So we'll, we'll go through the results first of all. I'll go through the 60. I'll start with that one. Um, let's go through the females. So third place um, was Rebecca Idians, uh, eight hours and five minutes. Second place, uh, Kate McKenzie in seven hours 52 and for the win janet smith in seven hours 41 and i'm always interested kyle when you look at the lead female how close the lead female gets to the third place male um and as we said with them when we were black all like yep. it, the black all differences weren't too much there and again here you know the male race was incredibly quick and janet smith over 60k has got you know within 40 minutes of the of the the lead of the you know the podium male so that's it that's amazing in our uh, third place um, here he is again, our mate Anderson. Um, Anderson and Ben Fossil, they actually crossed the line together, seven hours and one. Again, without knowing what was going on and without being there, I didn't know if it was coming down to a sprint finish, but apparently Anderson said that a, a little bit out from the finishes, they were coming through Kangaroo Point. Um, I think Ando went one way on the path and Ben went another, and then they kind of just agreed that they'll they'll run together and they'll cross the line together. Um, and so seven hours and one. I had a chat to I had a chat to Anderson about this, and he was saying that they made the decision that they were going to finish together, but they kept running really hard. And he said at one point Anderson just looked across and goes, "Why are we running? Why don't we just walk? We're going to finish together." The fourth, fifth place yeah. was a long way back, so they said that had quite a good laugh. But I think they res- they ran in together, so always good to see. Um, second place, Andrew Hill, six hours and forty eight, and then Ben Duffus. Five hours twenty-one. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, that's his, that's that's his backyard, but over a sixty-k race there, he's beaten second by an hour and twenty-seven minutes, uh, and he's beaten third by an hour and forty. <laughs> it's so, um, that's how fast yeah. he is. He he knows the course well. Uh, they did sort of a great little interview with him afterwards. But one hundred and ten, Kyle. What do you got for us? Because um, it's a cruel number, one hundred and ten. I don't know why. It is tough. Why would you add 10Ks onto that? But well, you got? before that, one thing I just want to point out, that the age categories for this race, open is 26 to 39, which means technically if I'd run, I still would have been a junior. So I should have gone and run. That would have been my last year. 
I could have won the junior category. Damn. How good is that? Yeah. Still a junior. Anyway, minor detail. So 110. So this was one that we were excited for, again, to see how close to the podium Haley could get, which we kind of predicted. And then we were we predicted that there'd be a bit of a battle between Andy Day and Tom Brimlow, which they turned out to be. So we'll go through the, the female results first. Um, third place, Jade Davis in 1723. Second place, Carol Robertson in 1706. So, again, close. 110 Ks, just over 17 hours and only 17 minutes between those two. So, incredible running. Um, And as predicted, Haley Teal, 1442. So, that is a long way. Two hours and 18 minutes. That is cracking running by Haley. And, again, just didn't quite catch third place in the males but ended up fourth overall. So, I was close with my prediction. (laughs) But she ran yeah. phenomenally well. That's a that's an incredible time. Um, and then in the male race, as expected, there was a battle between between Tom and Andy for the top two. But third place, Aaron Dower ran fourteen twelve. And then it was quite interesting with this on this Saturday. So I was at work at the time, and again, my watch kept buzzing, and I could see all of a sudden all these messages coming through. And I looked down at one point, and Tom Brimlow's name was at the top, and then a message was after it, and I thought. He's racing at the moment. Something either something's gone completely wrong. Or I don't know what's going on. So it was quite funny then to look back, and there was a whole conversation, which was kind of Tom going, "I'm not feeling great. I'm contemplating pulling out." And this was, I don't think it was what just after halfway or around that kind of yeah halfway mark. He was, yep. he, I think he was suffering quite bad cramping, which we've all felt, and we know how how hard that is to try and get through. Um, but again, I'm sure you can go into a bit more detail because you've run with him since. But he held it together quite well for the rest of the day because he finished in 12.48. Um, Andy Day did run away with the victory and ran 12.02. But considering the day that it sounded like Tom had, he was still 46 minutes behind, which sounds like a lot, but over 110 Ks and over 12 hours, that's not that far. So, yeah, what mm. what have you heard from Tom in the meantime as far as well, how he's done it? I'll, I'll go into what I heard from Andy because, as I said, my brother kind of knows him in, in, in Brisbane and Andy was putting together 200-kilometre um, training week, so he was well prepared for this. Um, I mentioned him a couple of months back at the Queensland Cross Country Championships. He beat Clay Dawson um, over the 8K for cross country. So he was in red, red-hot form. But when my brother texted him and said, look, congratulations on the win, he wrote back and said the hardest thing he's ever done his entire life, harder than Ironman, harder than anything. Um, That's what I like actually to, yeah. said yeah, actually said himself as well that he was contemplating pulling out at, at some particular point as well. So I think these two, if you look at the photos, there's there's Andy and there's Tom and there's another guy. Now, the guy, I didn't write his name down, but he ended up, he was in third most of the time, this other fella, um, but got caught by Aaron late, very, very late on. If you go through the checkpoints, you'll see that this, this other guy who ended up finishing fourth, um, he was actually ahead for most of the time. And that's who... Haley was running down. She was she was running down Aaron and the the fourth place male, potentially to come into third overall. So um, it was just taking its toll on absolutely everyone. Um, and Tom just said that he, you know, him they just went out they went out pretty hard. Andy ran some of the hills. Tom walked a few of them early. Got a, you know, a bit of a gap sort of opened up. Um, but yeah, just I guess you, you got to take your hat off to these guys because twelve. Yeah, 12.02 and 12.48, over 110 kilometres on a course that's got potentially, they said about 5,000 metres of elevation on their website, but I think everyone else sort of got, you know, mid to low fours. Um, In October, you know, in Queensland on a humid day, that is unbelievable racing. And 
I, I think at one point Tom came into a checkpoint late on and he was only sort of 30 minutes behind his predicted time, no matter, and even though he was feeling as bad as he said he was feeling, he was still only 30 minutes behind. Um, and I asked him the question when we went for a run, and I said, you know, if if you take Andy out of the mix and you run 12.48 and you win it, that is, that's uh, the whole day, the whole sort of analysis of the day changes. You've run almost the perfect race then. It's only because you had someone like Andy who's had an extraordinary race there to win by 46 minutes. Um but I don't know. Maybe maybe Tom's been a bit tough on himself. I think he, I think he was. Um, we all know how much of a fighter and a battler he is, and you know it's very easy to pull out of ultras. Very easy to pull out of hundred k races when it gets tough. And you know he I, he'll remember this day. Tom will remember this race. I think ahead of other ones that he'll, he'll potentially win. Uh, this race will go on to serve him so much better and make him so much tougher and so much stronger if he can get any tougher. Um, he's certainly one of the toughest races I know going around. Um, and I, th- I think he'll look back on this fondly. They've offered him a free race for next year. I think they offer all the, the podiums a free entry for next year, which is it's, quite, it's a bit torturous, isn't it? Like, it is, only I, don't, I don't know how tempting that is. I think I've heard from Ando as well. He's like, oh, I have to go back and race again now after <laughs> how tough the day was. But no, I think we've all had days like that. Everyone's had a day like that where it just doesn't go to plan. Everything feels rubbish. It's just that most of us, when our days go pear shaped, we don't come second and still run a good yeah. time. So yeah. I think Tom doesn't need to be too hard on himself because he's still, you know, if that's the worst day he has, then he's yeah. in for some pretty good days on top of that. So no, and, it was, and it was our, good to see. And our mate Brody was his pacer late on, and Brody said that they, they, were, they were running through Brisbane, you know, at, at five minute kilometer pace, you know, for the last for the last ten kilometers. And Brody was it ended up almost being like a speed play session for Brody because he was having to run ahead, make sure there's no traffic come let Tom go past and then run to chase up. And Brody said he was just legging it for the last 10 kilometers to keep up with him. So, so he, he, yeah, he came, he came good, but well done to, to Aaron. As I said, Aaron Dower in third place, he ran a, a well paced race by the looks of it. If you go through the checkpoints, um, yeah, Tom 1248, Andy 1202 and to, to Haley, Carol and Jade as well. Um, you know, a, a, a phenomenal race. And it, it has, it has quite a popularity, doesn't it, Kyle? Because I think it goes towards points for UTMB um, and other qualification races and things like that. So, yeah, don't know if they're going to be usable in, in the next few years, but well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, let's go on to the hundred miler over yeah. eight thousand meters of climbing. It's a big um, race. It's a big race. These guys, guys and girls, finished in the pitch darkness of the night or as the winning female Jackie Bell, when she finished, it was the next day. So um, Jackie was the only finisher, 28 hours and 10 minutes. So she took out the female race. Um, she's quite well known because of all the ultra running that she's done recently and the sort of documentaries and stories done on her. Uh, did a quick interview straight afterwards as well. So there you go. That's a, that's a well, How good's that? brilliant, a very fit person to be able to do that. But um yeah, we talked about this one, didn't we? Because it was the one that Kieran was going to be going up against um, Ryan Crawford. And we, we talked a bit about it earlier. But as always, Kyle, in racing, people come not out of the woodwork because these are names that have got very, very good racing behind them. But it didn't end up being the Kieran versus Ryan day. It ended up being the Kieran versus Nolas day. Um, so uh, let's go from third. Damien um, Espinaza came in third. Uh, he had a Canadian flag next to his name as well. So, um, yeah, so well on to Damien. 24 hours, 39 minutes. I wonder if he's a bit gutted not to break the, the magic one-day mark for 24 hours or whether you just don't care. You don't give a stuff at that time. Do you? I don't think I think at that point I don't think he would have cared at all um, at the end of that race. But this 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 was the battle, I guess, which 
uh, captured me through that through the day was the Kieran and Nolis day uh, race because we we had photos coming through of the two of them together. Most checkpoints they were together, and you could follow their little icons, you know, around the map, and they were, you know, only you know, a couple of hundred meters apart by the looks of it for most of the day. And then I, I, I went to bed, and Kieran had a it appeared on the map a pretty decent lead. Um, mm-hmm. And then I woke up, I mean, Kieran's the reigning champion, he won it last year, um, I think in about 20 hours last year, 20, 21 hours, I think, was his time. And then I woke up to go and watch Up the Buff that morning, and I just logged on, and it showed Nolis had run him down, and not only run him down, but run him down and gone past him by an hour and an hour and a half. Yeah, a long way. So, yeah. um, so Nolis Rayot, he, 20 hours and 36 minutes. Now, Nolis has won, is it Glass, has he won the Glasshouse 100 miler or the Glasshouse 100 Um He's won some hundred milers, I'm pretty sure, in the last year. So it's it's not a surprising victory um, because he, do, he he does have great racing pedigree behind him. So 20 hours, 36, and Kieran uh, came in, Kieran O'Brien, 22 hours and 17 minutes. So, uh, And I think we may as well give a shout-out as well. We had the two other finishers with both Sean. So yeah. Sean Hurley ran 27.03, and Sean Lyons, who, we, who runs again with us on the Gold Coast, he ran 28.30. So six people, they're the six that got it done. So I think they may as well all have a bit of a shout-out because that's – to finish that, 8,000 metres of climbing is absolutely incredible. So well done to everyone that got that finished. Uh, yeah, incredible. Um, absolutely amazing. So here's my question, Kyle. I'm going to give some names yes. to you here. So let's go. I'm going to give you Ben Duffus in the 60K, Hayley Teal mm-hmm. in the 110, uh, Andy Day in the 110, Nolis in the 100 mile, and Jackie Bell in the 100 mile. Which for you there is the performance of the day? It's, a, I think, purely based on – numbers and performance like you can't go past Ben's because that like yep. to win by that much in a race is just incredible but again it was one of those ones where I wasn't surprised at all you kind of knew he was going to win by a substantial margin just given his pedigree and his results and how fast he is so I think that like that has to be the performance of the day to run that fast on that course you know that's absolutely incredible 60k is I think just over 3,000 meters of climbing or what it was to run 521 and win by an hour and 40 minutes is is just incredible yeah. so like 20 minutes yeah so yeah that's that was it for me that was not surprising but absolutely incredible to see i mean i'm asking this question off the top of my head but is there anyone like two questions on ben is is that his race distance the 50 60k is he has he got much 100k history behind him can he go that far and also then is there anyone that you can think of that would that would challenge him over uh so first, uh, he has done longer ones. Like you look at his results at UTA, yep. the results he's had at UTA, podiums a few times, I think. Yep. Um, you know, he's had some pretty impressive results against some big international names there as well. Um, if people haven't followed running for quite a while, Ben actually got third place at the Sky Running World Championships, an 80K race around Mont Blanc yep. back in 2014. So, you know, he's got podium at a World Championship Sky Running race and a you know race that's 11 plus hours. So... You know, he's definitely got the long stuff in him and with that. But your second part of your question, no. I, I don't think there is no one currently in Australia that if they lined up against him in a hilly, really hilly 50 to 100-mile race, if he's fit, that I think could beat yeah. him. I, I, I don't know. Maybe there is that someone else will think of, but I, I can't think of anyone, even the fastest. Again, we've seen the times he can put up against the fastest road runners when they come to the trails and he can match it yeah. with them. So. I think over those like you know a hilly hundred k race, I'd I'd be you know someone like Vlad Shatrov on a more runnable course. I think could could go with him, who won the Tarawera hundred miler recently. But I, I I can't on a really hilly course. He's he'd be really really hard to beat. How, how old has Ben? Oh, 
So uh, 27, 28. I think he's a couple of years older than, than me. Maybe 27, 28. He's still young. He's been around. He's been racing 100K since he was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. So has he, he's only still young. Do you know of any races that he's done overseas? Like, has he been to some of the oh, – you mentioned Tarawera, but has he been to some of the big – Races in Europe. So America. Ben hasn't been to Tarawera. Ben's well, other than he went over for the World Championships, which was the Mont Blanc 80k. Um, I know he's gone over to Hong Kong for the is it nine drag the something dragons race. There's a 50 mile and a 50k, um, which I think he's done okay at over there as well. I don't think he's done too. I'm trying to. I don't think he's ever been to America. I don't think he's done too many other ones over in Europe. I'm trying to think. Um, but his big one was his third place in the World Championships. That was. Absolutely massive that day to see him go on the podium with, I think, Francois Dane and Luis Alberto were the two people he was on the podium with who were, you know, two of the best mountain runners we've ever, or sky runners we've ever had. So, yeah, he's he, like, that's where he lines up for a race in Australia. He's, he, I think, which I know he's lining up for a race, the Guzzler, which is coming up soon as well. So, I think he did a 50K training run to look at the course and then it backed up with another 20 yesterday or today. So, yeah. I, you know, so put my life savings on him. When yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's two massive races, isn't it, that we've talked about there, Brisbane Trail Ultra and Blackhall, and um, I guess they're the two big ones that we have at the moment. Interesting to see how the guzzler grows year after year after year. Uh, that's coming up. Um, and, of course, next year they'll they, these races will be back in their normal sort of month when they have them. I know Blackhall is always in October, but um, uh, BTU is a bit – is it earlier? I know the guzzler definitely is. On the Brisbane Trail Ultra, that got that was postponed. More than I think, it's but, normally around July, around Kokoda time. June so July. maybe you know, you know, maybe this is just a one-off with the heat at this particular moment. But let's uh, let's change pace completely here. We talked about Stephen Wright. Now, hashtag six days in the shadows. I could have think I could have think of some other hashtags that I could have put it with it, but it wouldn't have been as as polite or kind. But six days in the shadows. No. Um, what do you think? What do you? I know it's been a, it's been a little bit of time now, but uh, but six days running around the great course of Oxenford Lake. Uh, it's a beauty. It's a ripper. People love it. Um, but yeah, what, what, what's your, what's your take on this? I don't know. I, it blows my mind. I think this is just a whole just separate category of running this type of thing. I think, you know, we go from talking about people running fast times on the track for 1500 and 3k and things like that to someone running for six days, running hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. Um, it's, it's incredible. I don't know how he does it. I, I, the fact that, you know, we actually went in. I saw him the one time, which was on the Thursday morning, so I think day five of day four, um, and he was in good spirits, still having a chat to everyone, still moving reasonably well. Like it blows my mind I don't, how he holds his body together. I have no idea, but absolutely incredible. It was just it was incredible to watch, and I think every time someone does one of these types of things, you kind of just sit on Strava looking through the week, and you just see these numbers tick by, and you don't actually really register what that is. Like you're like, oh, he only did forty k's for this run. Well, you know. <laughs> But you just, you know, you actually think, like, that's a whole work week that we've been at work and he's just been running the entire time. And to cover that many kilometres is just incredible. So I I don't think I can fully comprehend. He, um, he said, he did. didn't he, that the, the night times were so pretty special that, you know, just when the quiet came down and the stars came out and, um, you know, as it would be. So I've, I've just gone through, I had a look at his picture. He had a tiny little chalkboard there, didn't he? Sort of a chalkboard that he might have got from Ikea. Sort of one that you just put in the kitchen with, you know, notices for you, to your family. But he's written down his six results for the six days. So started with a bang, 144 in the first 24 hours. <laughs> he's nearly clicked off. He's nearly Big clicked start. off a mile, hasn't he? Big start. Um, second day did 105 kilometers. Third day did 111. Fourth day, 
I hope I've done the maths here. He didn't do 100K, 99 point something. I, I looked at it and I looked at it and I looked at it and it, it's 99 point something. Day five then, 102, and then day six again, 99 and a couple of hundred metres, giving him a grand total of 661 kilometres, 280 metres. So he last year in Adelaide he did 600 and something, 602, 605 or something. So um, I know he wanted to beat that, that distance, but, yeah, he got 661 kilometres. 280 metres, and of course, what a leap that would be and run down under, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. Imagine that. I'd be almost finished in a week. That'd be brilliant. God, it, it blows my mind. It's it's incredible. Like those type of numbers, you know, I don't know if I've ever run a month where I've run that many kilometres. I don't think I've ever run a month where I've run over 600 kilometres. So for someone to do that in six days is just yeah. And blows he, my was, mind. he was back jogging around and doing other stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I imagine he'll be back. I wonder why, you know, is he like, talk about Big's Backyard Ultra in a moment, the Australian team, but surely he's he's someone who could be in that, wouldn't it? Maybe he's just not known. Maybe he hasn't entered. Maybe he hasn't made his his, his presence known to Alan and the team that picked the from AAA Racing, but you look at that, 600 kilometres over six days, that's yeah, that's as good as it gets, isn't incredible. it? You know, that's that's a, absolutely incredible. Um, so, yeah, well done to Steve and uh, it'd be, I'd, be, I'd love to know if Steve's listening, how far that got him on the, the you know, the, the map that he's doing for Run Down Under. Um, where he went from and what you know, what two places he went. Well, he would have got a lot of the records for fastest time between a lot of towns. Anyway, I don't think that'll less than a day for most of them. Yeah, Incredible. great, great work from Steve. Uh, it was great to see him. As you said, we went out on the Thursday morning. We were doing some three k tempo efforts, and thankfully he was going the other direction from us, so um, we didn't have that horrible moment where you're overtaking a guy doing your efforts who's been out there for six days. So. Yeah, brilliant performance. Something completely out of my league, Kyle, and I can confidently say I don't think I'll ever get Me too. The, 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 well, maybe I'll get the desire one day to do it, but hopefully not. So uh, let's let's change pace again. Last night um, in uh, – it was, it was Poland. Wasn't yes. It? Poland was the world – yeah. It was in Poland. The world yes. half marathon championships. Now this um, – yeah, we talked a bit about, you know, potential duels that were coming up with Brisbane Trail Ultra, how one – Someone not really came out of the woodwork with Nolas, but we hadn't talked about Nolas. The World Half Marathon champs in the lead up to the men's race was all about basically the coronation of Chapter Guy. You know, it's his crowning moment. He's going to win. He's won the five and the ten thousand world records this year, and he's going to, you know, he'll probably break the Ugandan record at least, or he'll break the world record for the half marathon. Um, but just like with Kipchoge weeks earlier in London, it doesn't. And I love this, Kyle. I, I, I love the fact that things aren't simply. You know, just happen the way they're happening. You know that. Yep. I, I loved, I love Kipchoge. I really do, and what he's done for marathon sport is great. But there was kind of part of me that was smiling when he got beaten in London because you're like, all right, it's back on now. It's racing is back on. It's exciting, and again. it's not just about it's not just about the shoes. It's you, these guys are at the top of their game. So, um, yeah, the uh, what's the Facebook group? Is it um, everything running? They were streaming it last night. Yeah, um, everything running was streaming it was on YouTube live as well. So it was there for everyone to watch. Which really good to see um so yeah so did you watch the, both the female and the, I, and the men's i race? did watch both and i think what were your thoughts well it was good it's good to see racing again we haven't had that level of competition and the depth of running like that this year like london marathon apart from that yeah. we haven't had anything so it was just exciting to be able to sit back and watch live running again because we just haven't had it so yeah it was i, I really enjoyed it it was again half marathon, nice distance it's over in an hour you don't have to sit there on a yeah. marathon a couple of hours so no Loved it. And 
again, the interesting thing, I suppose, with the ladies one was the amount of falls that happened. We were talking about it before before we started recording, but there was just falls going left, right and centre in that front group because they were running and they were running fast too. They were pretty much a world record pace from the start, mm. but they were all really bunched up mm. on this course. And there was a, a couple of falls that happened throughout it, but there was a big one towards the end where two of the favourites fell on a big long straighter road because they were just so close together and they showed a bird's eye view yeah. of it. And there was about five of them just on top of each other. You were just waiting for it to happen. And sure enough, two of them two of them went down and never got back onto that front pack. Um, yeah. And it was interesting listening to the commentators going, yep, this is the, the front pack's chance to drop these two now that they've fallen, so they're going to put the accelerator on, and which they're like, yeah. oh, you know, it doesn't sound great, but that's just racing. That's what you've got to do. And they definitely did that, um, which was just incredible. But we had a um, Paris Jepchirchi from Kenya. She broke the women's only world record for the half marathon. She ran 65-16, which is just yeah. incredibly fast. That's absolutely ridiculous. So, um, But then Malat Kajita, who's Ethiopian-born, who as yep. of 2019 became a German citizen and was allowed to run for Germany. She was second in 65-18, which is a new German half marathon record by quite a way, I would say. Um, and obviously only two seconds under the now women's only world record. So I think the top three were all within three seconds of each other and all went under the old women's only world record. So incredible running in the ladies once, you know, we saw a world record, which is exciting. So mm. that was exciting to watch. It was also interesting, the finish shoot, was actually on the oh. beach, which blew my mind. And they, it looked like they just kind of put the big mats over the beach. And there was a, quite a few people watching the finish happen that just kept stumbling and almost tripping over. It looked like they were running on soft sand at, at one point under the mats. So that was I found that quite interesting for a world championship to finish on the beach and not to have a, a solid, obviously. It was well, the girl, Yohola, uh, who came third from Ethiopia, she she tripped coming yeah, into that Yeah, she final. was in second coming down into the final straight and tripped and then got kicked Yeah, and went into third. So was it, was a, it was a great finish in the women's, wasn't it? Because, as you said, Kajeta from, from Germany, she – I didn't think she was – I thought the whole time they were running as a three that she's going to get third. And then all of a sudden with like 400 to go, she moved up on their shoulder and, and yeah. got half a yard. And you thought, hang on, she's got this. And then, yeah. the, then the Kenyan girl kicked and it was a real great, a real great sprint to the finish. Um, and it was interesting when those girls fell earlier, the couple of kilometres before that, that uh, the distance that they lost – you know, mm. when, when they tripped and fell, it's only they're bang, they're up within five seconds, but it's almost race over. These girls, yeah. have put, they've put 30, 35 metres into them just in that oh. moment where they fell. And, you know, earlier on in the race, um, the favourite fell. And then the the Ethiopian who I thought was going to win it, she was the one I think had the long pink yep. um, armbands on. She was the one that fell, didn't she? And and, yes. and I thought she was looking the one to win it. And so when she went down, I was like, wow, now it really is anyone's chance isn't it anyone's day so yeah 65 minutes so that's just a touch over three minute pace isn't it so 63 yep. is your three minute kilometer so wow and how, how good was the the finish coming in the downhill wasn't it the downhill was a loop no. that downhill. downhill into a straight 90 degree left hand turn with about two meters room to get through running down there and everyone was in next percent i was just thinking oh i can't i don't know how they're turning at that speed in those shoes which is quite funny but sure enough that's where one of the falls happened yeah um, well, i'll come no, back to the I'll come back to the shoes in a minute because um, I saw an interesting graphic on those. But yeah, the men's race, uh, as we said, it was the it was the coronation in waiting for Chapter Guy, but it just didn't, didn't happen. Didn't just didn't happen. happen. Didn't. How and I, you know, what I what I love when I watch professional running, the commentators are they they get on the back of runners so much, don't they? They do. They, they just do. hammer them. And for the first thirty minutes of this race, the commentary team was basically just saying they they've blown their chance. They're not going to beat Chapter Guy. 
you know, why they didn't go out faster. They've got to take this away from him. They're playing into his hands. It's going to become a 5K sprint, and they may as well give it to Chepter Guy. They're so <laughs> critical. And when they're yep. going through the 5K splits, and they go, this really is like it's a pedestrian pace, and they've gone through in like 14.10 for the first time. Um, and then, I yeah, know. yeah, so they're, they're, I love listening to them because we sit there as amateurs just going far out. Like these guys are flying. Yeah, but, I know. Um, but yeah, talk, talk us through the, the male places for the, for the half champs. So, um, well, Joshua Chepter Guy ended up in fourth place. He ran, and again, it looked like he kind of just jogged it in the last few Ks, but he still ran 59.21, which is yeah. just incredible. It's still ridiculously fast. Um, so he was in fourth. Um, Wellanine from Ethiopia, third, 59.08 PB. Um, second, Candy from Kenya, 58.54. So sub-59, that's that's insanely fast. But Jacob Kiplimo from Uganda, he took out the win in 58.49, which was a world championship course record. And, God, he made it look easy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen someone run so smoothly towards the end. He looked absolutely incredible. And to be honest, I'm not, I can't say I'm surprised that he won. Like, if no. you look at the times he's run this year, so he ran 12.48 for 5K only a few weeks back. So he's only 13 seconds off the guy's world record over 5K. And he ran a 7.26 3K. So mm-hmm. he's probably got more leg speed, just as much leg speed as the guy anyway. And he did not coming off having raced a 10K 10 days earlier. So... Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm surprised, but God, Ugandan running's definitely wow. hit a peak at the moment with yeah. with how they're running. But absolutely incredible, fifty eight forty nine, and considering what pace they went out at, that's that's a ridiculous time. Yeah, I think he ran his last the five k between fifteen and twenty k was something like thirteen fifteen. Yeah. it was something ridiculously Amazing. fast. Um, and just yeah, like like Candy A from Kenya who was next to him. Just I don't know if that made Kiplimo look smoother, but. Kendia, he was sort of running, he was rocking and rolling a bit, you know, in the upper body. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kiplimo was smooth, wasn't he? Just so controlled the whole time. And so here's here's an interesting graphic I saw today on everything running. Now, I can't remember the shoes myself, Kyle, but this is what they came up with. They said in the first three places, so um, in the females, first was wearing the Adi- um, Adidas Adios Pro. Second yep. was in the Adidas as well. Third was in the Nike Vaporfly Next Percent. Um so that's what they had down. Then in the men's, again, uh, Nike was in first, Adidas, Adios Pro was in second, and Nike in third. So it's a split there between three, yeah. three of the shoes were, were, were Adidas, three of them were Nike. So again, for me, you know, Chapter Guy getting beaten and Kipchoge getting beaten, I, I look at this and go, well, hang on a sec, Adidas has made ground on certainly in the professional ranks. Absolutely. Um, but it also goes to show that, like, it's not all about the shoes, mm. like, it, it depends who's going to be the fastest runner. Like all the shoes are pretty much on par, really. Like Nike was obviously ahead of the game, and their marketing—you know—they'd be spending a lot more than some of the other companies. Um, but I don't think the shoes play as much of a part in it as everyone makes out. And it's quite—you know—it's annoying. Every time there's a race on now, all we talk about is shoes, and everyone's always talking about shoes. But I, it was nice to see. Hopefully, after these last couple of races, where there was a real mix of what shoes people are wearing, we'll kind of just leave it a little yeah. bit. And you know, it'll be interesting to see what people are wearing, but. It's good to see yeah. that the other brands have got shoes on athletes that are right up the front winning big races. Yeah, it's just it seems to be leveling out a bit now. Do you know much about the Adios Pro? Have yeah. you had a look at them? Have you have you? Do you know anyone who wears them? No, I haven't. No, and I don't know if we've. I haven't seen anyone locally that has them. Um, I know they only got released quite recently. They've only come out in the last couple of months. Obviously, the elites would have had them for a while. But yeah, yeah it looks like quite a nice shoe from what they look like. You know, they all look fairly similar now. The types of shoes they're all made, you know, to try and act the same way yeah. so but yeah 
it's good to see so many different options and competition between shoes. Fingers crossed that'll drive the price down of the shoes because it's a bit more competition. Don't know if that'll happen. No. That'd be nice. Because I mean, like you, you go back ten or fifteen years ago. Um, Dennis Dennis Cometto, who used to have the marathon world record, he was an Adidas runner. So they had they had the market Adidas ten years ago or thereabouts. Um, yeah. You know, you, you remember the images of the pace runners uh, all being in black and white stripes, and they were often the Adidas runners. Um, and then yep. Nike just just took the mantle from them, so they've come back, which is great. And like you said, um, maybe it drives the price down. We know a little bit about Sacconi with their Endorphin Pro recently, uh, but I'd love to find out a bit more about that. So, all right, let's uh, one final thing to talk about before we do the upcoming races. At the moment, Bigs backyard Global Ultra. Um, in the last hour, I haven't checked how the Australian team's going, but as I said, I think two. I think we've lost two. Two females have have gone, but. Um, yes. It's it's it looks like it's just a constant feed. They've just got interviews with people, which is great. The um, Australia and New Zealand have just been having a bit of a chat, um, you know, as the, as the yep. uh, Bledisloe Cup's been happening at the same time. So it's yep. it's going to be fascinating to watch, isn't it? And you know what? My first impression is how professional does it look? It is outstanding. It does. It looks really good. It's been I'm loving it. Again, I don't know how long this is going to go for. We could be talking about this in a couple of days' time still, but yeah, really cool. Like what a concept. Yeah. Like, we haven't really seen too much yep. like it. I'm, ju- I'm just looking here. So 11 minutes ago, Suzanne Chatterton out on lap 19. So we're three down. Um, is uh, is there a is there a, a particular website? Because I'm watching this through AAA Racing and coaching. Um, is there a place, Kyle, that do you know that we can go to see who's dropping out around the world in various countries? And no, I think they're on the main Facebook group. I've seen a few, like in the Bigs Backyard Ultra, the main Facebook group. Um, there's been a few posts go up that have that but i haven't they've kind of been posting updates sporadically that i've seen how many runners are left in each country but i haven't actually seen like a hub where you can follow it live but they they have been posting quite regular yep. updates yeah um, which um yeah because i mean each country's each country's yeah. got their own sort of facebook page and i've got quite a few of them on there and i'm just looking here at an excel um spreadsheet um but i can't really make head nor tail of it so um so yeah it's i, I think it's going to take me a couple of days to really get my head around it and try and figure out exactly what's happening where but it you know alan keeps putting on there how hot it is at the moment uh and surely this is going to come into it because you look at some of the other countries you've got canada finland spain germany ireland belgium switzerland sweden ukraine denmark france like the european countries they've got a phenomenal advantage at the moment with this weather um surely nowhere in the world is hotter than what we're going to be this is the thing isn't it if you had to choose one place in the world in australia not to host it it would be queensland and it's the only place that we've got it. So um, you'd want to put this as far south as you can, maybe at the bottom end of Tasmania, just to just to. Um... But the interesting thing with this event is because everyone's going at the exact same time. These guys will move into the cooler out temperatures of the night quite soon, when the other side of the world's all going to be going into the hot part of the day. So it, it all depends on again if this race goes for two and a half days, which is what they're probably predicting it may go even a little bit longer, which is 60 hours. So they're kind of, I think there's been talk of 70 hours potentially, which would break the record by two hours. Um, two and a half days, the Australians started at 10 p.m. last night, which means they would finish if they can get anyone to go that long. It would be 60 hours at 10 a.m. in the morning, which means if it goes longer than that, then we have to finish in the middle of the day. So that'll be it'll be interesting then when this finishes, what countries are in what conditions. Absolutely. So um, but I still, even, even in the day overseas, it, it's, it's not going to be anywhere near what we've got, surely. No, that's right. That's right. 
But again, over here at nighttime, it might be getting quite cool over there as well, which might be somewhat challenging to get going again after you stop every night if it's yeah. you know, quite cold. I mean, I, so I, I don't know. You I'm just looking different. on the weather app here at different places around the world, and I've just typed in, you know, I know they're not in Berlin, but I've just typed in Berlin, and it's 7 degrees to 14 degrees. That's a, that's a, a massive advantage. That's a huge advantage. So um, yeah. we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll watch that with um, – with interest um and by the time we record the next one of these it'll be well and truly over um so yeah let's talk now about uh, upcoming races we've got a few uh lined up next weekend on the 24th we have flirt with dirt out at coomba bar the final race for that um we've also got the lamington classic which i read today called the 50th edition yeah is that right i know it's australia's longest running trail race longest running and Again, it, it's, I've done this race once, and it's probably one of my favorite races that I've ever done. It's at the core, like the course, that track that you get to run is probably the most spectacular trail you'll run on. It, it's absolutely incredible, and the whole trail, the whole course is on this single trail. So, as far as like an entire course that you run, it's the best I've ever run. As far as the entire course, every section is incredible. There's no bits that you go, "Oh, we're on a road bit for a little bit," or "This is the non-exciting bit." Every section's spectacular. So, for anyone that there's probably a lot of people who have only got into trail running recently that would have never even heard about this race, but it runs from Binnaburra to O'Reilly's and back. So there's a marathon, but there's also a two by 21 K race, which goes over the weekend. So you run from Binnaburra to O'Reilly's on the Saturday, camp at O'Reilly's for the night, and then race back on the Sunday morning. And that was the race that started 50 years ago. So it's always been a two-day event, um, and they only added the marathon in maybe six, six or seven years ago. Um, but it's just as far as a course goes, it's absolutely spectacular. So for anyone that hasn't done it, pop it on your calendar for next year because it's and absolutely sold out very quickly, didn't it? When the entries went up this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only limited numbers; they only get so many runners that they can have on that trail. Yeah. Um, then on the thirty first of October, we've got the uh, insanity that is Halloween um, yes. up, at, up at Debra, the up and down three hour, six hour, twelve hour uh, full refund. I think if you get to fifty k within six hours, I think. So, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's possible. I, don't, I can't see. Imagine it. if they started. Imagine if racers started doing that, offering percentage refunds based off what time you can finish in races to try and get fast times to happen to give know. people more motivation to get under it. So, get under yeah. the hour time. So Gold Coast Marathon, what would be the full refund? Would be what two forty eight or faster two thirty? I'd be interested if they did it for everyone that comes sub three. Yeah, because there's not that many runners go sub three, and there's thousands in the race. Yep. They could afford to do it. Sub. Races on entries that expensive. Okay. Imagine that how exciting that would be to yep. be sub three. So okay, let's go through some big ones. So Gold Coast, you say sub three. What about Ultra Trail Australia for the hundred and the fifty? Uh, if you could go, uh, I think in the fifty, I reckon they could like again smaller races. They're not going to offer it to many people. Sub five, yep. so you'd be just out. They'd offer refund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been even more frustrating. Yeah. Forty seconds. Yeah. I've got to go back one day and do yeah. that race again. And sub twelve. Um, sub twelve. Yep. Sub twelve for the hundred. Or, or they might even go a bit quicker. Sub eleven, sub eleven, that'd be tough motivation. But that, that you know, what about a fifty percent refund if you can break fourteen and get your silver buckle? Be a great idea. That's good motivation. I've always said this. As well. It's easy to say when we're not making, we're not the business who's trying to make money off this. It's easy to say. <laughs> That's right. I've said as well for a while that maybe for pace runners at, at big races like marathons and things like that, they say, you know, uh, we'll give you a certain amount of money. If you run an even pace, you, you, know, you can't just stand around the finish line counting down the seconds. But let's say they want you to run three hours and you come in between two fifty nine thirty and you know and three hours, bang, they give you they give you some money for it or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Um, oh, there's a lot of things they could do. What about Goat Loop? Goat Loop. 
full refund. Oh, let's say, okay. Well, it's got to be sub 30. Um, oh, have we talked? We haven't talked about it. No, and I've got it right here at the bottom of my list. I'm going to put to not let it slide. Right, I'm going to put up tonight the picture of me. I don't know if um, it's uh, Dave, isn't it, David? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, it is. I always think his yeah. name's Daniel, but I don't think if David really knew what was going on in this photo. But he's just he's just thinking when, Wednesday morning, some clown is standing next to him asking, "Can I have a photo?" For and he really has no <laughs> idea what it's all about. But there you go, we forgot about it. So the. No, I didn't forget about it. I made sure I popped on the red of the list. I've got the leaderboard ready to go because I wasn't going to let it slide. So we've been talking about this for so long, how long it would take for you to get knocked out of the top 10 on the go. I survived 12 months. And it happened. I survived 12 months. I did. It happened. Yeah. And, and you know what? So, I'm, all I'm happy about is that wasn't Adam Gordon because he's been texting me and messaging me that he's going to do it. And I don't mind where I get bumped now, but as long as it wasn't Adzi that did it and it happened. I think I was at work and you just you sent one, a message through and just said it's happened or today's the day or something like that. Yeah, yep. finally happened. But no, and it'll be interesting. So when we're talking to, to David about this, so he went out and this run was just to kind of, he hadn't run the loop before. He wanted to run the loop to see what it was like before he has a real crack at it. So he ran 29.27 and I think he half jogged the first K and a half from what I saw in his splits and then went hard towards Killer. the end um, and managed to knock you out of the top 10 by about 20 yeah. seconds. So you're back into 11th, but he's actually talking potentially of trying to go underneath Courtney's time and see how close he can get to Matt's yeah. time. So watch this space because that could happen any day now that, that he has a good crack at it. It potentially knocks everyone, potentially bar Matt, yeah. back a place. Because he's, uh, so, he's a triathlete, triathlete as well, isn't he, Dave Mainwaring? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, very good tri- very So good wouldn't that be an interesting stat then? If he knocks Courtney off, then it would be Matt Hauser, Dave and Courtney, three triathletes at the top of trail running. Well, he only has to go under Daryl's time to make the top three trail run uh, top three triathletes and then i think if adzi has a crack he could he'll potentially go under that as well it could be the top four that are triathletes so watch this space because those two could potentially be having goes at this relatively yeah. soon because so, I, I was about to i was about to wander off and go to work last wednesday and then you shout you guys shouted me over and so i saw dave there shook his hand said can i have a photo and he just looked he just looked bemused didn't he like what the hell's going on here what are these guys talking about I don't uh, know. but i'll put the photo up on the uh, on the facebook group so you can see it and you can yeah, have a look at his expression but well done dave he's in the 10 i'm out of the 10 so in answer to your question kyle um it had yeah if you ran sub 30 50 percent discount if you ran sub 28 uh full refund i would say wow because that's Alrighty, eh? Oh, hang on. No, 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 no. No, if you it's ran pretty tough. 27, whatever it is, because whatever the four-minute mark is, that's the full refund, I would say. It is. Well, my time is exactly 4.00 per kilometre. I think 27.36 is what my time is, which is – it's small. the leaderboard is telling me is 4.00. Yeah, okay. So I think 27.34, I think, is sub. Yep. That's the target. We'll give you that. All righty. Uh, let's wrap this up, Kyle. Any, any big news coming up for the next – couple of weeks uh well other than potentially doing some more stuff on the track and having to go i don't know maybe we'll do a 3k or if i've been talking about this 3k for months i need to actually just do it we need to organize potentially a 3k over the next couple of weeks it's starting to get really warm so better do it soon rather than later um other than that training for the 25k i hope your training's been going well you've been doing some good sessions which is good um and as we've definitely been drumming up a bit of competition between some fellow gold coast runners to be putting in some teams for this relay so 
it's shaping up to be quite an exciting race at yeah. GC50. This this relay, yeah, too much competition. I think. I think I've, I've I think I've done what I did at Glasshouse, where I told too many people about it and they bumped me off the podium. So that could happen again. That's right. We've got. We're right. We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. Absolutely. But uh, what about you? You got anything coming up planned, or then anything exciting in the next couple of weeks? No, just that. That um, I'll do the run GC in um, at the early November. That's the 10k. Uh, oh, we forgot to mention the Guzzlers on the 7th of November and the Run GC pays on the 8th. So I'll do that, um, try and beat my time from a couple of weeks ago. And, yeah, just I'm enjoying it. I'm, although I went for a bit of a trail run this afternoon, um, just a half an hour one, and I haven't been trail running for a couple of months, and I, I realise how much I actually miss it. So um, I'm excited about the 25, but I do kind of want to do it and get it out of the way so I can get back. I've been looking at some races for early next year this and they're going to be hot. They're going to be brutal. But there's some, again, AAA racing there in Hounds. They've got uh, this, the BOR uh, at, uh, at night, which is in January, February time. Uh, so I'm looking at things like that going, all right, let's go. Let's, let's push 2020 back and let's jump into 2021 and reset the clock and go again. That's it. Hopefully, hopefully we can do a little bit more racing next year. But no, I, I feel the same as you. Every time we start talking about all these big trail races that have happened, every, time, every day that I start following along, I just think, oh, I should have gone and raced. What am I doing on the road? Yeah. But then, anyway, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Alrighty. Well, uh, yeah, have a great week. Well, a couple of weeks, everyone, and we'll, we'll hear from you in uh, two weeks' time. Talk to you then. Beautiful. Beautiful.